Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. You have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I think that one of these days you're going to have to find out where you want to go, and then you've got to start going there. This is a quote by Holden Caulfield, the main character in J.D. Salinger's 1951 classic, The Catcher in the Rye. Traditionally viewed as an icon for adolescent angst and individualism, I see Holden as more of the archetypal seeker, a bit rugged on the outside, but on the inside, tender, insecure, lost, and desperately searching for home and for a place to belong and to experience relationships that are authentic and healing. For what Holden can't stomach is the brokenness of the world and the vulnerability of being human, that he cannot safeguard his sister's innocence or protect her from bad things happening, or that the world around him is in flux, and that the people around him are not authentic, and that he himself isn't really that authentic, And it is this need to solve the problem of life which leads Holden on a quest, albeit a painfully unconscious one, but a quest nonetheless to find a place where he finally belongs and feels safe and can experience a quality of love and relationship that is authentic. And I say that because I see this same seeking energy, this yearning for home in the eunuch in today's reading from Acts. Because here is the thing, this eunuch is powerful and rich. I mean, right, he owns a chariot, he has a high-ranking government position, and a lot of status as the queen's right-hand man. But what we can infer is that there is also a hollowness on the inside and that he longs for a deep and authentic connection to God. In other words, everything this eunuch thought would make him happy, the power, the influence, the education, the prestige, the money, they just haven't delivered, which is why he packs his bags and travels 1,600 miles from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, hoping against hope to find God in the Jewish temple. And whenever I think of this eunuch right before he met Philip, my heart breaks a little because the book of Deuteronomy clearly states that eunuchs were not welcome in the temple, meaning that after months of traveling, he would have arrived in Jerusalem hoping to find God and the meaning of life only to be dismissed because people like him weren't allowed in. 
And so can you imagine how rejected, how unwanted, and how unclean he must have felt? And so for a moment, I'd invite us to pause and to ask where this eunuch's story, or maybe where Holden's story, to consider where it intersects with our own. Because the truth is, there is not a single human being who does not have some story of pain or heartbreak or disappointment. And so I wonder where you feel dismissed, or the tougher question, the parts of yourself that you have dismissed or maybe disowned because you were scared that God can't take them or that others will cease loving you if they were to surface or get out of control. The rage, the doubt, the laziness, the prejudice, the insecurity, the greed, the confusion. I mean, right? All that mess that lives on the inside. When we come to the temple of God, are we to assume that these parts should not be allowed in. Because what I love about this passage is verse 35, which says, Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. And in that moment, the eunuch gets it. Look, he says, There is some water right here. What is to prevent me from being baptized? What is to prevent me from being welcomed? What is to prevent me from receiving God's grace? Now, I know that is somewhat of a complicated question because there are times when churches and people and institutions shut us out sometimes without meaning to. And there are also times when the door is actually wide open and the fatted calf has been slaughtered and the party is waiting, but we are the ones who choose not to enter, maybe because we don't feel worthy or perhaps for some other reason. But as a preacher, What I can't allow to prevent us from fully receiving the gift of grace is a failure to understand it. And so with the time that we have left, my goal is very simple. I just want to remind us what the gospel is and what it is about the Christian gospel that has the power to change our life and the quality of our seeking. And so for a moment, I want to return to verse 35, where again, we are reminded that the gospel at its core is good news. And I do mean that, by the way, in the most literal sense of the word, because the Greek word translated gospel is euangelion, which literally means good news. The gospel is good news. It is not good advice on how to be your best self. It's not a good law on how to be a responsible and productive citizen. It's not even a good map on how we should live in order for God to be well-pleased with us. Because the gospel 
is not about what we do at all, but rather it's the good news of what God has done to save us from sin and death and to give us all that unconditional welcome we have been looking for our entire life. In fact, I once heard it said that conventional religion follows three very tight linear steps. Believe, behave, belong. And so to unpack that a little bit in very conventional religious systems and institutions, we are first asked to believe certain doctrinal truths about God. And from there, we are told to behave in certain ways. Now, you may have noticed that different churches have different moral codes, depending on whether they're more liberal or conservative and what sort of population they serve. But my point is that conventional religion carries with it a big, fat if. If you believe as we believe, and if you behave as we behave, and if you value what we value, if those conditions are met, then, and only then, will you finally belong. And of course, it was a conventional religious paradigm that said to the eunuch, this temple, it is not for you. But as the book of Hebrews points out, the gospel speaks a better word. For what the gospel does is declare with the spirit of triumph and celebration that God has completely reversed this order. Because what the gospel does is start with unconditional belonging, with an affirmation that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and through the waters of our baptism, that we are fully welcomed and at home with God right now. And that as the eunuch pointed out, that there is nothing that can or should prevent any person or any undesirable part of ourselves from being washed in the cleansing power of God's grace. As Jesus puts it in today's gospel, you have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. You have already been cleansed, meaning that you are fully welcome right now. And here's the funny thing. To the extent that we know that we belong to Christ, that we are fully welcome, this is what helps us get more curious about what it means to behave as Christians. I mean, right, knowing ourselves as loved, we get curious about what does it mean to truly love another human being? And we start to pray for compassion and wisdom and courage and fortitude. In other words, how to behave with the dignity of a being created in the very image and likeness of God. And then the real kicker, whenever a group of people are on that journey together, in time they wake up and they say, 
Oh my God, I really do believe the words of the creed, the promise of scripture, the efficacy of Holy Eucharist, I do believe, not in my head as I did before, but now I believe in my heart. In fact, I know, I know in my heart that to serve this God is the meaning of my life. And so I want to end my sermon today by saying this, God does want us to seek him with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength. But the gospel changes how we seek. Because the truth is, contrary to what we might assume, Jesus Christ never said, not once, I am here to help you find God. Never did he say that. No, what he said was, I am God, and I am here to find you. And in today's reading from Acts, this God found an Ethiopian eunuch, and I believe this same God has found you, that you also are connected to the vine. And so there is a quest that we undertake. But our quest as Christians is not to find. No, our quest is to figure out the very unique way that we are to embody and celebrate and share the good news that we are among the found. Because what we always affirm as Christians is the good news of the gospel which is that the ultimate seeker is not us, but God, and that there is nothing that can or will prevent this God from washing the whole world in his grace. Amen.